This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, evening listeners. What you're about to listen to is a recording of a podcast we did with Tim, myself, Matt slash Mitch and Sean. We recorded this not long after the wretched European Super League plans had been announced. And here was me thinking, oh, I'll release this in a week's time, it'll be alright, it's evergreen this content, it'll, it'll live on till the day we die, but uh, two days later it was obviously shit-canned by the six Premier League clubs pulling out, but it was a great conversation nonetheless. We had a uh, Liverpool fan called Wes Smith on the call, and he's a content creator for a site called Who Assisted, and um, yeah, he provides some good insight from the perspective of a Liverpool fan who may have been affected at the time by this arrangement. I am Senor Perez, that shithouse owner of Real Madrid. Anyway, so I thought I'd publish it anyway. It was a great conversation we had, so check it out. Here we go. Well, just just want to introduce yourself to the uh, to the people on the on the part. Uh, yeah, so I'm currently uh, just working on a footballing brand that's working on visuals and data analysis, and the well, mostly in uh, the top European clubs and across the Premier League, and are uh, working to be able to build that brand across. Uh, well, have done for the past um, year now, and still working on that to uh, get it to the top sides of uh, data analysis work. Uh, you're the you're the type of guy we want for this next segment. I've got to say, Wes, thank you. I, I know it's the lights, but thank you for wearing a tangerine shirt for the match. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. I thought, it's Holland. I thought it was a Liverpool uh, top that was just the light was making it look no, like... No. Um, look at, I look am a Liverpool fan, but I'd like to go a little bit closer to tangerine just for this pod. Yeah. Fantastic. That'll do. Awesome. Professional. I thought it was a BST pro. <laughs> I thought it was an I thought it was a BST protest shirt, Tim. It looks a bit like one of them, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. It's the same Adidas top, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Wes obviously he's um, a Liverpool fan, so the hot topic on this uh, EGP Extraordinary General podcast uh, is the topic that's on everyone's lips at the moment, which is the European Super League, which was uh, ridiculously announced yesterday. So we're gonna be all ranting and raving about that, and so let's let's just have a bit of an introduction to what the Super League is for those who don't know. So it's a twenty-team league with twelve founder members. Um, three are expected to join additionally to make it the fifteen. Um, but apparently, they've refused. Um, PSG, Bayern, and is it Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. yeah. 
So the other five will be determined by a qualifying mechanism annually based on achievements in the prior seasons. Would anyone like to speculate as to what the hell that means? Could mean anything at this rate. Yeah, I don't think they know, do they? Annually based on achievements in the prior season. Kind of said Porto rejected as well, didn't they? So, I mean, they've obviously been reaching out to some of the further leagues, like you think in Benfica's um, PSG aren't in it, which I'm really surprised at. No Dutch teams either. You'd you'd expect Ajax and Feyenoord to be possibly mentioned. Well, there's always been a talk about the Atlantic League, which has been like Holland, Scotland and Belgium, and that's been like always in the background for about a decade now. So I've, potentially that is then going to if this happens it's like a catalyst effect across the other sort of major European nations okay right so this is how it works it's going to be 20 teams split into two groups of 10 we'll play each other home and away top three in each league qualify for the knockout stages fourth and fifth um enter a playoff um there's a two-legged knockout matches with the same format as the champions league um much much as like the champions league i guess and it says, uh, as part of what the ESL are calling a dramatic four-week end to the season. And it's that dramatic, Tim, that there's no relegation, much like Phil Gartside wanted to implement in this two-tiered Premier League um, back in the day. I think I think part of the problem here, I was, I was watching Sky Sports News before and they had the UEFA president on and there was the, um, there was the banner going across. And apparently uh, one of the board members of this new... Uh, uh, ESL, which we've got to get used to pronouncing, um, was saying that some of these owners, these particularly these American owners, cannot get their head around the concept of relegation. Um, and uh, that's clearly driving this. I remember, do you remember when the Venkies bought Blackbird? They didn't think you could get relegated out of the Premier League <laughs> either, did they? So um, it's clearly it's clearly this American franchise, um, uh, just money-driven concepts isn't it and um and it was interesting i listened to uh, rio ferdinand who called it a war against football um and he was saying like you know what part of the interest is all about the relegation fight as well isn't it it's the promotion and relegation fight is as interesting as who's actually going to win the league you know well it it keeps your season interest doesn't it you know if you just mid-table yeah i mean there's just gonna be i mean i think they gave an example you know tottenham go to um, wherever away um, in Italy, say um, towards the end of the season, and they're the sixteenth in the league or whatever. It, what, what possible interest is there in that game for anybody? It's just nonsense, isn't it? It's just really, it's just. Well, um, it, just to just to follow up on that, Tim. As much as you guys keep saying that it's the ESL, the actual branding name is the the Super League. So the the actual aspect of where you can see this going, and of course we know that um, the aspect of money in football has corrupted it from uh, from the last fifteen years, and no one's surprised on the aspect of um, businessmen being at the top of it to run the clubs like a business and using the assets within them businesses, the players, staff, the the actual marketing of the club to create what I think they've done it as not clever marketing because I think I could have came up with a better name than the Super League myself. Um, but the aspect of it is, is going to be worldwide. So what is stopping, just because there isn't a European, what's stopping this being yeah. Al-Halal or mm-hmm. into, uh, into Miami in the next few years, but not even being in their own uh, host stadiums? 
We've seen Tyson Fury versus AJ uh, AJ uh, propose for uh, Arab. We saw AJ fight in Saudi Arabia. So what's stopping us seeing uh, Manchester United versus Inter Milan or Manchester United versus Al Hilal or Liverpool versus City in uh, the in the Asian market in in Australia elsewhere? And uh, I mean, coming from a Liverpool fan's perspective, I mean we we. The whole deal for Takumi Minamino is Irish and, and ironic factors. We've only ever started him in uh, midday games, and that it was early kickoffs essentially, um, and that market. is because it's easier for the Asian market to be able to view him. And it, it, the seven point two five million pound release clause was essentially a gateway into the Asian market. So it's it's never going to be. Um, it's reading between the lines of everything that they're doing here, as much as the ESL. It's easy to be able to say this Super League is going to be worldwide before we know it. Well, I'm just going to jump. I'm just, sorry, 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 two seconds. You come in just yeah. after this. Just, I'm just going to jump to this because it's pertinent to what you've just said there, Wes. So, Dan Rohn sent this tweet out today. According to a source, some of those involved in the ESL called traditional supporters of clubs legacy fans, while are more focused on the fans of the future who yeah. want superstar names. So, and uh, I noticed this guy in the reply, I don't know him, Andy Jolly, he, he put, it's the untapped Asian markets they're interested in. Who cares about a share of 50 million, uh, sorry, a share of a 50 million English fan base and there's 2 billion Asians waiting to pay a stream, uh, to pay a stream for a game and buy a shirt and those teams can guarantee um, one fifth, one fifteenth of the pot. Now, that yeah. absolutely nailed it for me. And it yeah, just mirrors yeah, what you just said was. Yeah, I mean, going on to that is, is just, uh, many people across even the English game now uh, even focus on the Premier League just as a small factor. I mean, uh, there is an aspect of it being one set of billionaires and one another set of billionaires, and you're picking one of the two between Premier League, uh, UEFA, or or the European Super League. I mean, I'm not justifying uh, one's doing a good job, one's not. One's doing one a lot worse, but we won't go. <laughs> we, we will carry on with that in a second. But in regards to this, it's taking everything away from the aspects of people don't realise that it's not just the English market who watch it. It is a worldwide stream franchise, and that's why the TV revenue is so lucrative because we always forget that it's America, for example, watch all of our games and we live here and we can't even watch them. So never mind the aspect of it being European clubs where we have to pay uh, BT at this moment for European Champions League. But for our own domestic league as well, because without COVID, of course, we wouldn't be watching any of our three o'clock kickoffs. It was interesting, Wes. I was watching, uh, I I went on uh, Liverpool's um, Twitter feed when they put the announcement out, Mm -hmm. and it's full of people all around the world from living in Zimbabwe and and, and China and Japan, all, all... Got, I've got very, very um, um, uh, um, uh, interesting views on on where this is going, but they all pronounce them, pronounce themselves to be, you know, um, number number one Liverpool fans on the on their um, on their handles and everything, and none of them have been to the game, and and they're all saying, well, this is great news for us, oh, yeah. and um, and this is this is going to make Liverpool a lot bigger club and everything, but it's got no relevance to to us as, as English fans, has it? What no. what somebody in Zimbabwe thinks about the way our game should be run? It's 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 frightening. Well, in regards to in regards to that, I mean, as you say, their their term of legacy fans is only taking into consideration people who actually natively go to the games and uh, going back, say, the last fifteen years, for example, and the progression of football across that time. It's them. 
the club's mentality is being able to be trying to get from people from around the, the other parts of the country, other parts of the world to that game. Now what they're doing is distributing it out to them. So it, it, instead of it being the complete opposite way, you're taking the consideration of the English fans away. Now, in reference, let's keep it, let's go back to the reference of even Blackpool themselves, who've taken the club back from horrific owners and a part of, and now you're happy with the project. I'm not saying that there hasn't been money invested there. It's been well invested, but that money that you're that you've invested there has gone to other clubs down the league to keep staff, players, clubs alive and keep livelihoods in 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 like still together. And if that's what they're trying to do here, that just takes everything away from how how we enjoy football and the soul of what it is, the integrity. It's gone for the announcement of it. And it being okay for everyone else outside the domestic leagues or even the domestic fans themselves, the integrity is gone just with the announcement, never mind of them going forward yeah. with it. Yeah. Matt, we were having a joke, weren't we, about the, the timing of the announcement, yeah. which was officially announced at half past half past eleven twenty to midnight last night. Like yeah, as well, if no one had noticed because they're doing yeah. it late in the day and everyone's yeah, gone well, to bed. Yeah, we were all supposed to just wake up and realise we've got a World Super League now, but we haven't noticed. <laughs> I, I just wanted to pick up on what Wes said earlier about um, the World Super League, and I think it's very naive to believe. It's very, um, what's the word, almost Eurocentric of us to believe that um, three American businesses, a Russian business and um, City at the Abu Dhabi group are in this for England, Spain and Italy alone, you know, and I think that's, I I, I sort of half follow baseball, I have done for years and I, I, I quite like baseball and baseball is like most American sports has always had a tradition of franchises. If you go right back into the history of baseball to the um, late 1800s, they were kicking teams out because they weren't popular enough. And I think to some extent, I think be careful what you sow some of these, or be careful, you know, where you go in some of these teams who've joined in, you know, three teams from London in a, in a, in a world, what could be a world super league. That's an imbalance. What's going to happen if what's going to happen to the least popular London team in there? What happens if we maybe start to think about that? Maybe the Hotspurs brand might work better in another country because that's how it works in America. And that's where the balance of power lies in this league. The LA Dodgers have won the World Series for about the last three years, but they used to be the Brooklyn Dodgers. They moved. They took the Dodgers' name. That's how it works there. And as I think Tim said before, you know, the, these people do not understand English sport they are, or no. European sport. They are trying to no. apply the American model. And the Hotspurs brand, the Tottenham brand even, is useful. But as we said, as you said before... Does that, you know, it might not just be taking Tottenham on tour. It might be Mumbai Hotspurs in 15 years' time, mm -hmm. 10 years' time, five years' time. Because the way those American leagues work is if you are not pulling your weight financially or if you are not providing market value, you're out. That's how it works. The rest of the league say, sorry, we've decided another team would be more profitable than you from another city somewhere. And I think, I think that, you well, know, that's... That. As much as you say that they, they understand American uh, sports, that in my aspect, all they see is American business. 
it's uh, and yes, we're seeing the majority as businesses, and the reason why there is no relegation or promotion in this is because businessmen see business as the relegation and promotion aspects of it as uncertainty, and in yeah. on, and in in business, uncertainty is not good for profit. Of course, that's taking risks. And if you're if you're able to make sure that your assets are keeping their value, eliminate, eliminating the uncertainty, and that's the only way they're going to be thinking of it. To only keep their businesses' assets at the peak, and to be able to make sure that the the finances stay there with them at all times. And, and, and that's essentially that. that's essentially what I'm saying is that the way that certainly the MLB and the NFL operate is. The overall the leagues are closed shops. They always have been, and the overall value of those leagues is you know Montreal had a baseball team till three years ago, and now they don't because they weren't pulling the weight because they weren't bringing in the TV figures. You know, we've all laughed at Tottenham, going, "What are they doing there?" But actually, in all seriousness, what are they doing there? Because that could be a pretty existential threat to Tottenham in the long run if they produce if they turn out to be the third London franchise that, you know, that don't do as well, what happens to them? That, that, I think that's something I've... My, I've only, my only theory of them actually being there is just because of their relation to the American sports industry using that uh, stadium for the, um, the American football aspect. They're the, the only people that have got to the Champions League final outside of, 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 the, uh, of Liverpool and, and other ones there. So it's just more, of, I would say, as long as we say them as the the top six, which I hate the term, but it's because they're most relevant and related to that model. And I swear, if Daniel Levy heard that, he'd be all over it like a rash. What concerns me here as well is, um, uh, which was tucked away in the announcement, is that they've already issued proceedings in two jurisdictions. I think we can guess one of them is um, a commercial court in London. Hopefully they get Marcus Smith. Um, and um, they they are effectively taking um, preventative action to stop UEFA and the uh, EPL from banning them uh, and applying sanctions. And the bit that we're, I mean, these these are big business people, aren't they? And, and I, you know, there's a I think there's a calculation here, and they've actually I think that the the concern I've got is they've got the law probably on the side. In that there's been some case law. There was a um, there was a Munich lawyer, a sports lawyer speaking, and there's been some case law, um, most certainly involving ice hockey, and I, I think the other one I'm off the top of my head was golf, where um, the existing organisations tried to ban new competitions, and it went, ended up in the European courts, and um, and they very much came down on on the the ability of teams within the structure to create a new competition without running the risk of being banned from the existing competition structure. So, so that's a huge concern, but it was interesting to hear what Oliver Dowden was saying when he uh, spoke in parliament earlier, because he made it very clear that they were standing right behind the EPL and the and UEFA. And if they couldn't actually apply sanctions, then the government were thinking about stepping in and legislating on it. Now, um, you know, we've been asking for this for years, haven't we? As yeah, but it could, fans. it could, you know, and, and you know, I think they're going to. There's going to there's gonna be a, a real proper standoff here, and um, you know, I think there's going to be an attempt to exclude them, and it's going to be fought, fought out in the courts. And um, I just, unfortunately, I'm not a sports lawyer who could make multi billions 
out of uh, representing one of the sides. But, My uh, only gonna, worry. Oh, sorry, go on. It's going to be fast. It's going to be fascinating yeah. to see how it plays out. Um, it, you know, uh, it's this, it, we're playing for the soul of football, aren't we? That's what that's what's being played out here. I think with the, the whole banning them, I, I think potentially there'll probably be an issue when it comes to buying them from the current seasons going forward. You think of obviously already underway, but I think the minute he's talking about sporting integrity and bringing distribute to the game, and that's a, a reason in itself to to ban them under their own regulation. I mean, we've seen teams in the past be banned for, for things like that. And you think of, realistically, you're looking at how it would even work in a domestic league. What are you going to put, like, 12th place into the Champions League if you've got the top six still in the, in the Premier League the season after and you're awarding out Champions League places, how's it all going to work in that on that front? It's only going to work in a way that UEFA would then have to find a completely different way of, of starting qualifying into their own competitions. And I mean, you, you're looking at avenues to, to either stop this from happening. I don't think it should be stopped from happening. As far as I'm concerned, it, it can happen and it'll be that defining moment for football, I think, where it'll finally come to a head. Sometimes you need it to go completely far south for it to come back round. We look at our own situation with our owners and how we had to, it literally had to go to the very dire ends for it to then come full circle. And and I think ultimately, probably waiting for that is the best way to go forward. But you're looking at avenues for it to be stopped, potentially. I think the banning from international tournaments of, of players is the key Really, for me, I think even if a player, obviously we all think the players are in it, a lot of people think that they're in it for money and things, but ultimately they're not going to want to give up international tournaments, World Cups, Euros. These are the defining moments for players. And you think of mm-hmm. players that will be available in those tournaments, but they're not able to play for the national teams. I just can't see them agreeing to that at all. It would be oh. a really, it's a really positive spin on 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 this because I was uh, actually w- looking through it earlier today and try and build your England starting eleven from the clubs that are outside that. It's quite funny because it's you're looking at Pope, Cresswell, Mings, Keane, Cash, Rice, James Ward-Prowse possibly, Madison, Yates. and Sam Jerry Yates up front. Jerry Yates up front will do. <laughs> DCL can still sit on the bench. Um, and it, it's, it's very funny to be able to look at it because it's still not half a bad team. Um, but just going back to your uh, relation in regards to them sanctions coming in, we've seen UEFA go to court previously against someone that would literally detail or detail that he would sue them on purpose just to go forward because he had more financial gain in City's owners and to be able to make UEFA, in all fairness, look absolutely stupid. And if we're looking at a band of people who have collectively come together to create a Super League who includes the Manchester City owner, then I don't think that may, many situations where this comes out where UEFA or Premier League come on top here because we all know, unfortunately, in these kind of situations, money does talk and, and they you, definitely have all of it here. Do you, and do you know what they'll have done already? Because they've done all this behind the scenes and, you, and UEFA have known nothing about it. They'll have got every single, all the best sports lawyers in the world on retainer, all of them. So they're all conflicted. None of them can represent um, the uh, the existing leagues. I'm not saying that they won't have access to a reasonable standard representation, but you can guarantee all the best lawyers will already be on retainers, 100%. That, that UEFA president called the, was it the Juventus chairman a snake? Um, <laughs> I, like I mean, don't mean, his words, at- does he? That, that criticism yeah. from UEFA has been quite strong and quite vehement, but if you're looking at, 
FIFA, I, I would argue that their criticism in the past day or so has been a lot less than it has been the months prior when it was starting to come about that this could be a possibility. And I'm wondering if they already have kind of wilted in in a sense. I think that if you look at the people that are running UEFA, they're slightly better than they have been throughout the history of the game, really, compared to FIFA have still very much got the same old heads that they've had the, throughout all of the scandals. And I think perhaps FIFA are probably going to fall by the wayside and it's going to be up to UEFA to be the ones that are sort of standing against this. But, but again, it's, it's it, as you were saying, like they've got all the sporting lawyers on retaining. If, as well, I saw an interesting point that all the super agents like Jorge Mendes and, and, and the like have all sort of banded together in, in favour of this European Super League and they're well on board with it as well. And if they've got the player power as well, then that's an important factor because if they're controlling their players, and ultimately they're persuading their players that this is a good idea. That's what'll make the difference. It's got it will come down to the player really. I think yeah. let's just quick, quickly speak about the players then. I kind of feel, you know, much as much as it pains me to say I feel sorry for someone that earns hundreds of thousands of pounds a week. I kind of feel sorry for them because they're in the middle of the, all this, aren't they? And they're gonna be the the visible targets for fans to vent at because the owners have just chucked a hand grenade into a room and walked off and just left the managers and the players to deal with it. We've seen almost this exact situation in cricket, though, haven't we? Because in cricket in the last 10 years, we've had all the franchise cricket, IPL and so on. And at first, you know, people said, oh, the players won't go. They won't give up playing test cricket. And now what happens? And don't be cricket fans, but what happens every, every summer? Half the England team are off playing here, there and everywhere, turning up, you know, 10 minutes before a test match because they've been in India up, up, right up, up until the last minute. And um, certainly, in, I mean, it's not completely analogous in cricket because the players were, weren't as well rewarded as they are in football already, but it hasn't been that many players have, have turned their back on franchise cricket or, you know, the, the, I think some, you know, Sean, you said that players might, you know, turn down the chance not to play. In the 50s, I was listening to something today, it was saying in the 50s, there was a couple of English players who were in and around the England squad who went to play in a league in Colombia. And one of them was a, was one of the England centre-backs and he lost his place in the World Cup in 1950, I think, the America World Cup or 1954, whichever one it was. You know, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know that the players are going to be our saviour in this because... Do you think any will come out? Do you think any managers will come out or do you think a player will come out and speak out? Does anyone think that's going to happen? I just think it's it's PR-wise for players these days. Do you think of the social media influence and how important that is in terms of their branding and players are becoming more like brands these days, especially the top players? And you're thinking PR-wise of the majority of their fans going to be against or for it. But the more you think about it, like we were mentioning before, the majority people are interacting with these players as people from the Asian markets, people from the American markets. And these are the people that take an interest in that side of things. And the more you actually think into it, then potentially we always like to think that players hold things in high regard, but I mean, we're lower league fans generally. And that's, that's kind of more of a, a real prospect and a real possibility because they are almost, they're not in this stratosphere of, of they're not even real human beings because they're in the premier league and they're in all this money. We, we see it on that day-to-day basis, but I think, when it comes to the, the top stars, they'll sign up. But it's that, I think it's that middle ground of player. You're thinking of like 
your, your Declan Rice's, you're thinking of like your, your Harry Winks's and these type of players, are all these players that make up these teams. Are they going to be the ones? That's why I'm thinking the top players will probably go with it, but it's these middle ground players that are kind of on the precipice of both. Where are they going to sort of lie? Because it's very easy to go one way or the other and they're going to have to make that decision. It does depend on complete personal interest. I think, I, I don't know. I, I, as I say, majority of top football now, of course, because there is that elitist difference of between the fan and and the player. I mean, it does come down even lower leagues sometimes, but I mean, you still you can still see Jerry Yates walking about Blackpool probably with a pipe in his hand by the looks of it. Um, but I mean, when it comes the to, when it comes to the elitists, there's, so, there's such a gap that it is cold. And I just feel like we are going to see what some players, and yes, whether they're run by certain agents or not, whether their interests lie solely on the aspects of money because they will be paid more in the Super League because wages will be astronomical. Uh, I assume that there'll be more uh, lucrative contracts, much like the the, the specul- speculative one around Neymar and his hotels every time he scores, etc. Uh, but they will be more common in them aspects, or it's going to be down to the players who desire to play for their country, desire to play for their club in in aspects. And if they're a local boy, for example, then I don't think they would ever move to that because they're, they're, they're homebound. They know what it means. And any football player who goes to a game or has been to a game or supported that club in the stadium would be against that. And I don't, I don't see in any way, shape or form otherwise. Okay, Chris, I'm let's just um, with, sorry, go on. So, sorry, um, I was just going to say, just going to say with the the point about the the local players and stuff. I'm thinking of players that you've we've had that affinity with in in recent times. I'm thinking of Kieran Tierney, like boyhood club. Everything was great. He's this savior of of the club. The minute that a top offer comes up with a bit of money, then he's gone. And I think if you ultimately if you offer Jack Grealish a four hundred grand a week contract to go and play in the Super League, he's, nine times out of ten he's probably going to take it, regardless mm. of his affinity for Aston Villa. And I think when we think about it, actually thinking about specific cases, that's when you start to realise that ultimately they're probably all going to go the way of playing I, in it. I personally think that verges on what a player degrees as success because you, if if I was to go to a club that is going to a challenge for the Champions League or to be at the top of the Premier League, for example, then yeah, 400 grand a week because I at least have ambition. Here, you don't even have an ambition. You're not even going to win anything. So there is, I don't think the aspect of what you would say as local fans and have that difference to change. I mean, with Kieran Tino as your example, he moved to a, a club within the Premier League with a chance I know a weak chance. Don't Arsenal fans don't crucify me here, but it's a weak chance to get into the top uh, top leagues and maintain his place at another club because he did everything he could at Celtic. Whereas, cool. whereas the aspects of uh, Jack Grealish going to going to a club with no ambition for four hundred grand a week, I'd, I would one hundred percent. I would personally think that he would take his affiliation with Aston Villa and become a, a club legend there. But that's my personal view. Just, oh, just one sec, Matt. I just want to <laughs> just want to address this. Um, so, where's this? I don't know. If, uh, I don't know if you know about this, but as Blackpool fans, we we had this campaign called "Not a Penny More" campaign, where we starved the club of funds, um, and we 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 didn't go to any home games for a good four years. Mm-hmm. And um, bar six or seven hundred selfish bastards, that stadium was empty for home games for for now on four years and it made a big statement. Um, I heard Gary, Gary Neville on 
uh, Monday Night Football saying that everyone needs to now mobilise against against this uh, proposed Super League. And what can we do as fans to stop this from happening? Now, Chris has put on there, the fans need to boycott if it actually comes to happening and starve them of income. Um, I don't think the income, I don't think empty and having an empty stadium would affect them financially. So that wouldn't count. But having an empty stadium may, it'll make it less of a spectacle. And we've all seen what football is like without fans in. Correct. So do, can you ever see that happening? Can you see United or Liverpool? Can you see their fans mobilising and creating picket lines, I guess, stadiums, uh, yes. stopping yeah. people from going in? For me, that's the only way this could be stopped via uh, fan power. I can agree the fact that fan power could be a point, but I don't even think, think it matters, unfortunately. At this even, if it was an empty, even if it was an empty stadium. Even in an empty stadium, because there has been a statement that has come out from one of the board members of, of the Super League to say that financial gain and revenue causes is their first priority and uh, for obtaining good PR, etc., which a good stadium would or a full stadium would be good PR is a secondary aspect. Jeez. So they have made it very clear that at least they're not hiding it, to be fair to them, let, let, let's let's give them let's give them let's give them that. At least they're not hiding the fact that they're they're doing it for financial gain and doing it for themselves. They have made it very clear the fact that financial power is everything that that's the case. And unfortunately, yes, you say empty stadiums may not be good for the English market and everything else like that. But in the grand scheme of things, we are a small island, and their aim is way bigger than us. And listen, they've had 12 months of empty stadiums and it's not affected the revenue streams for the real big boys, is it? If anything, TV's been prepared to pay more, you know? Um, and, and so we are... And to, the, the biggest concern of all this is this reference to legacy fans that you touched upon before, John. That just shows complete contempt for everything that we like about football and, and what makes it the game that we all are so passionate about. Legacy fans, that basically means is you're in the past. We don't give a stuff about you. And and that's the Liverpool owners saying that. That's the Man United owners saying that. It's, it's classic American speak, isn't it? And it's absolutely disgraceful. It's disgraceful throughout. I mean, I mean, Liverpool fans have gone to the ground today and put, uh, put banners out there. So it's starting already. It just needs to make sure that that, that snowball does not stop rolling. But even if it does stop roll, even if it does carry on, the grand scheme of things is unfortunate. I just don't think that the fan power will be enough to push them that far. I mean, the 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 one massive turning point, well, not turning point, I suppose, but one one notable aspect of that statement that was released by every club is the fact on Manchester City's and Liverpool's statements out going about the uh, the Super League, not one was from their actual owner admitting anything to do with the aspect. Who was who was quoted on there? The vice chairman, which was Joel Glazer, which was mm. an opposite fans football owner, which is not only a disgrace to the fans, who we understand what the club is actually aspect for, but you're going against your own integrity as a club and what you've built. And a lot of Liverpool fans would like to basically say it's we've been brainwashed with the aspect of you'll never walk alone is part with with the fans. You've dis- you've destroyed that. With the first, with one, with one statement coming out of it, unfortunately. I mean, if if this doesn't get stopped, I, us as Blackpool fans in this room, we, I, I can see a way out of it because that's the top six just gone. We reset football and we start again. But for fans of Liverpool, of United, um, and the other four, you've got real problems. 
Well, that, that's yeah, what I, I was going to... Sorry, did, wait, yeah. Yeah. Matt, you go. Matt, you go with Anshaw. Yeah, go on, Matt. Yeah. Was, yeah. That's what I was going to say before was that, you know, to me in a self-interested way, I'm kind of with Sean, at the, as he said at the beginning, you know, let it happen. Don't really give a shit. You know, so what Jack Grealish goes? There's plenty more people want to play football in the world. I don't, I've never really bought into this, oh, is it the Premier League wonderful business? You know, I, I, I sort of fell in love with football in the, you know, the mid, late 80s. And I love football despite the fact that it didn't have all these global stars. I love football despite the fact you didn't have all the shite that you got from Sky when it started with the dancing people and fireworks and all that. I just like football. And I'm not really that arsed. There's only 12 15 teams. They can only have so many players. And in fact, for everything other than the fact that the actual fans of these clubs, it's it's disgraceful. You know, the, I watched not that long ago, I watched um, a, an advert on Liverpool's YouTube. It was it was cringeworthy. And it's, you know, shots of the terraced houses around, um, I can't remember what the suburbs called, but whatever it's around, you know, um, a, a, a CGI Joe Fagan in a cafe talking to a CGI in Russia about Scouse values or something. And this that's what they were putting out there, you know, and it's disgusting. I don't give a shit personally if it happens from my point of view, mm. selfishly, because football will live on and it'll still be decent. I'll still be able to go and watch it. But the fans of United, Arsenal, etc., who are actually supporting those clubs... It's 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 a strange role reversal where we're thinking about how we could what you know how those supporters experiences could be saved. It's a very surreal shift in roles, isn't it? It, it you know it it could be good for the English yeah. game generally because I think I think we'd do a re, it'd be a reset. But I think Roy Keane always famously said about United. He said. You get United fans when they're going away. I'm not a United lover by any stretch. He says they're they're the best. You know they're the proper United fans, and the the proper people. You know Liverpool. A lot of people in Liverpool aren't rich. A lot of Manx aren't rich. City, you know that's a very deprived area, and you can't just brush these people away because you know it's it's history. And for us getting to the to the Premier League, amazing as that was. I was saying to my sister at Wembley, I was going, do you realise if we don't concede a goal in 10 minutes, we'll be going to Old Trafford, we'll be going to Anfield, you know, and that's that's the dream, isn't it, for a lower league fan like like, like us to go to these stadiums. So that's going to be taken away as well. Yeah, I think what we were talking about, the, I think Matt touched on it there and it's, it's this capitalisation on the fan culture and, and whenever it, whenever they want to, whenever they fancy it, they'll capitalise on that fan culture. The only club that actually capitalises on fan culture but then lives by those words is probably Borussia Dortmund at the top level in terms of actually standing by their values that they actually represented. But you look at like Liverpool and Man United and they'll boot the arse out of the branding that the fans give and they'll make it their whole persona and culture around this club. As you were saying, look at the deprived areas around and look at the ultimately grassroots levels of where these clubs have come from from the very beginning and they'll capitalise on it completely and they'll brand it, they'll use it for their, for their brand to build it up and then the minute that it actually comes to a point where they can then shoot off and go the other way, they'll throw it to the side as if it doesn't ever matter and that's that's what really infuriates me with football generally, even without this Super League, that, that happens throughout the game now and I think 
obviously we were talking about the Sky being vocal about this. I mean, Sky will will sell their their arse in like a year's time to the Super League as well. I mean, ultimately when we're, we're looking at it, it's like Gary Neville is is saying boycott it and stuff. Well, Gary Neville will be out of job then in a year because he'll be the one that's doing the the analysis on those games if he wants to stay with Sky Sports. So, so Ori Sean, I think he's made enough. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, and ultimately as well, Gary Neville can talk about all this sort of stuff, but he's literally taken on an absolute non-entity in Salford, changed the entire brand of the club, basically bankrolled the club through the National League completely against the integrity of what that's about. And now they're sat in League Two. So he, I mean, I don't want to go like Gary Neville's being vocal, but ultimately he's a hypocrite. It comes to the way that he runs football clubs and the way that he wants to operate when his personal interests are there. And I think that that's that's the point. The personal interest always comes first, and the, the, the head of Sky Sports will suddenly change his tune when the money comes calling, and everyone else will do the same. And that's why I don't listen to much that anyone has to say, and that's why I'm firmly of the view that go on, go off, and do it because I could not give a shit about the. I've never given a shit about the Premier League for about a year and a half now, probably two years, even more potentially because they're just dead rubber games. The only time I see the Premier League now is when I go to to report on Burnley, and you look at where we're going with it I, I could not care less because it's that reboot I just think it needs the the, the structure needs the reboot and if this is the ultimate stupidity that finally turns people's backs on top level football in the world then so be it if this is what has to happen so be it because ultimately the majority the vast majority of clubs in this game are going to benefit out of this well just just going back to that and them using the the brand values I mean at this point how much they've they've used that to be able to get it to a point to be able to get these clubs to the top level and to be able to achieve the fans coming to the games, etc. I mean, in the your Manchester United and your Liverpools, etc. I mean, we know that the the list for season tickets onwards. But I, I'd like to say, obviously, going to the games in specific areas of the ground. Obviously, with Bloomfield, it's not it's not the case. You, you're there. You you you're with other Blackpool uh, Blackpool lads, lasses, mums, dads, wherever. But there's specific areas of every ground in the the top six now where it's it's people that you you'll never ever see in that area. They're they're doing it as a, a Liverpool trip out or a Manchester United trip out, and the branding to the local people is not actually to the local people though is it it's it's it emphasized the fact that they're looking like they care about their club and they're being empathetic they're not doing it for the aspect why why do they need to brand why do they need to market to players that are people that are already going to go there's literally no aspect of it well, it's, it's like it's marketing a... when you stood it's... there with a chocolate bar in your hand to a child going and, and putting an advert out and you've put it in its hand it doesn't need it, it doesn't need it. it doesn't need the advert anymore it's got the chocolate bar it's it's the same aspect for them at all. It's just to make sure that 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 the empathetic look of the club brings in the interest of others, and that's the only reason. And we've now got to the point where, as you've rightly said, every single one of you, they've swooped that aside for complete and utter financial gain for the aspect of world and not the communities anywhere around. It's it's interesting because when you, when the news first broke, you're thinking. Um, obviously the six clubs, uh, they're looking after themselves and it's what impact it can have on the rest of us. But actually when you, when you break it down, it's the, it's the fans of those six clubs that are going to, are going to really feel, feel the heat in this, aren't they? And, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I went to, I took, um, actually, uh, 
the Latvian director. I took, well, last time he was over, I took him to the Liverpool game and we just bought some tickets off one of these sites, which is obviously a local lad who's got a couple of season tickets who, who, let, who gives the tickets out. Obviously, makes a few quid out of it. But the stand we're in was just full. I, I couldn't believe how many non-Liverpool fans were in the stand. It was absolutely... I mean, obviously, you could say, well, I was there as a non-Liverpool fan as well, but um, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, just it was, they weren't local people, any of them. There was that famous um, video from that Liverpool fan, wasn't there? That that yeah. lad, when he's... It's a few years ago now. He's, he said the game's gone and... From Red they interviewed him outside. Yeah, that was it. And he yeah. really, he really nailed it home, didn't he? He said, "I'm just surrounded by tourists." Yeah, and and, and that was that was five years ago. That video. Yeah. And how yeah. long? And then you've got to put into aspect the the uh, introduction of capitalism from the owners from most clubs is the fact that that has been a changing process for the last as we're here now, the last 15 years, probably even before that, because we're looking at the fact that the, the Premier League was brought into fruition to be able to generate more money in that aspect and extended into 20 teams and more more TV rights and more money. I mean, it's the, it's. I'm not comparing them as, as the sole entity, but it's the same course of action has taken the, the capitalism from point A to now we're at Z and now we, we're that you don't there's not a chance in hell that any one fan unfortunately as much as we love to shout and scream in the stands at the players to motivate them or or to give them stick at some some stages but we can't do that to the owners who are behind so thick glass they won't be able to hear a whisper from every any single person in any club the only thing that they can hear is a bit like the Asda, is it the Asda or Tesco advert of the change in the back pocket? That's all they can hear. Just to, just to lighten the mood for a sec, I'm just going to bring this graphic up. <laughs> this was uh, this was Leeds United's website advertising their uh, the fixture list. Uh, this is live from their website. I think that one was was that that one not Photoshop, but then they actually no, posted it? it on Twitter <laughs> afterwards. It's on the official site, yeah. Merseyside oh, Reds. Word. Playing Merseyside Reds on the 19th of April, Trafford Reds on the 25th, Brighton the playing on the 1st of May, and London Whites on the 8th of on the 8th of May. But we all that right. If if Leeds were the Leeds of 20 years ago when they were at the top of oh, the yeah, league, they'd be all over it. They'd be all over it, telling their arse as well. So it's like that's why I keep going back to the point: is it's it's quite they're quite happy to do all this and get the fans on side and capitalize on the fans' views. But if they were up there, they'd be doing the exact same. Exactly. Thing. I mean, it's it's so counterintuitive because if what's stopping this, no one no one's given any kind of fruition to understand of how big this can go, and what's stopping. The clubs that do go to, say, for example, the top six are removed, and then we go to a, a domestic league again, or it's revamped, or anything else like that. What's stopping them clubs that are currently making the statements and are fully against it because they're not involved? And not, I'm not, condem- I'm not commending that the fact anyone should be involved throughout of, without actually being qualified for something because they've earned it. But what is stopping the that? The kind of mentality of them owners when they see the big pot of money. How well, what, everyone's got a price, unfortunately. Well, As this we is the... here and say that we 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 will be, be by the club. We will be, but unfortunately, we have a price to go to a game. And as as the the bloke that you mentioned earlier from Liverpool, I mean, tickets were seventy seven quid then for for some areas, and he mentioned a hundred pound for a hospitality. 
no hospitality for me isn't even football. You're not with the fans. You're not engaging with the with the community. You're not uh, expressing your voice across across the pitch. Whereas if you're in hospitality, you are closed off, and that is where it goes cold. And this this goes back to the origins of the Premier League, doesn't it? It goes back to the nineteen mid nineteen eighties or whenever it was. Tim, you might know better than me. Uh, well, no, no, no. When the Premier League was, I'm, yeah. I'm going back before that to the changes in the FA statutes, um, which said that football clubs could actually be run as profit-making entities because mm. before that day, before that time, it, you, you actually couldn't run a, a football club as a, a profit-making entity. That was against the, the, the sort of... It was the when code. they were allowed to split, when you were allowed yeah. to split the football club away from its assets. Yeah. That was the first time. Spurs, uh, it was Irving Scholar Spurs started and Irving all off. Yeah, and, um, and, and we we keep saying, well, what can we do about this? What can we do about this? You can't stop this. You can't stop this. And this has been inevitable since that point. And, you know, a certain part of me is like, you know, Sean said it before, you know, Sky, Premier League, that unless we actually get to some kind of situation where there is actually – controls on use or, or limits on using football you know people say well football's a business but actually until the relatively recent past it wasn't a business like any other you know that's the relatively recent past when we're talking about spurs and irving scholar and and, and floating on the stock market and separate your businesses and this wouldn't happen now that might sound idealistic but unless you have some idealism within within the 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 governance of football we're just going to sit around in in podcasts like this saying how hopeless it is and saying how every club would try and make money so that's the bottom line isn't it we need better governance in football and, yeah there's, and... par- there's going to be parallel we we uh as we fought a long long time to get our club back and we were very fortunate in the end that we had a a latvian um minority shareholder who they stabbed in the back and he was able to take them to court and, and effectively got a judgment that, that, that was then enforced and, and removed them because a lot of us were facing a very difficult situation where we we were genuinely concerned we'd never get back to watch our football club yeah and and I think I think the fans of, of the six of the big six as the, as, as they're called um, are going to have this down there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Dilemma, aren't they? They're going to have this dilemma. What do I do? Do I carry on? supporting this this franchise that's lost all connection with the team that I grew up supporting? Or, or do you? I mean, we had discussions about whether we formed a new club, mm. um, whether we um, took over a local non-league side and helped build them into the, into a replica of what, what 
BFC was to us. And I think, you're, you know, obviously Man United have already been through that to a degree after the Glazers took over with yeah. FC United. And it, and it didn't, it hasn't completely failed, but, you know, it's it's sort of plateaued. But I think, I think if, because I believe this will go through, um, even if it means them being expelled from the leagues, um, the, you're going to have these discussions you're going to, because Liverpool's, it's probably arguably started, already has, it ceased being what it, what, um, what it originally was to to most of the local fans. Most of them can't afford to go in, though. And you know, and the, you know, the, the, the ripping off left, right, and centre. And at some point, you just maybe we do need this reset where you say, well, actually, we're going to create a community club in Liverpool that will get fifty thousand people every single week, and it'll be back where you know it'll be people who you know who, who are going who actually live in Liverpool or, or the outer areas, not all these plastic fans that are, and tourists that are, are, are populating your stands at the moment. Well, well, in all fairness, that's why many many Liverpool fans, especially in the local area, got behind Marine when they were they were they were behind um, going against Spurs in the in the FA Cup, and, and I think that's exactly the same aspect. I, I actually agree with. Well, time for a quick break in proceedings to say if you are enjoying this content and want to say thanks for the pods, please consider joining our Patreon support program. Starting from the price of a pint per month, Patreon allows you to contribute towards our production costs, gear upgrades, and our drinks tab at the dog. Your support will ultimately make the show bigger, better, and I like eating a tin of prunes more regular. You'll also get extra stuff in return, like all the podcasts before general release, backstage access to us and our guests, exclusive Patreon-only shows, and other random bits and pieces. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash pod to find out more and hopefully sign up. Pretty much everyone's moral standpoint, especially, uh, is yes, take the chance, go uh, go and uh, make that cycle to be able to either first of all back something that you actually care about, because otherwise, if you don't care about a club without in football, then why are you supporting them for one? Um, if you don't care about, it, you've got no emotional investment, or in some aspects, if play if if uh, many people who are fans across the UK are fans because their dad was a fans or your, or their granddad was a fan. They're not fans because they, they go to them every week. There's many United fans, Liverpool fans in general, that I know that do not go to the games, have not been to a game, but would still validly have their opinion on this, yet never been st- st- stood inside Anfield or, or Old Trafford. Now, if you've got the aspect of being able to support a local team, and the football pyramid as a whole, given the fact it's struggling as it is, we're losing clubs left, right and centre. People are losing their jobs. Arsenal furloughed their own mascot, but are happy to go and play, um, be able to play in a, a pay-or-play league that they have no right being there in general other than their history. It's It doesn't make sense. If you're a moral fan of football in general, I think you can give, you can give yourself the credit to detach yourself from something that is no longer have feelings and has no longer attachment to you. Do you, do you think there'd be an appetite for that was amongst the Liverpool supporters? There is. Given, if, if you look at this comment from Josh, that you'll have to start in the 10th tier though, but what a journey that'd be, wouldn't it? Exactly. That's absolutely, we're here for the journey. Everyone's here for the journey. That's what football is. That's what relegation and promotion is. Yeah. I don't care where I start. We'd still have 10,000 fans possible. If, if if possible, not even at ground, stood around. No one cares. They're there to watch the team. They're there to, to watch. I, 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 went, to F- I went to FC United a couple of times. Um, 
you know, during during the wilderness years. And it is quite cathartic actually to to go to a um to go somewhere where you you because we weren't valued. We, you know, the Oysters, we were just um uh, we 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 were just collateral as far as they were concerned. It was all, it was all about Owen and 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 him being Blackpool's number one fan. Um, and and you know he didn't give a stuff that there was he didn't give a stuff that was only seven hundred in there. He wasn't bothered. Um, so you know, but you go somewhere like FC United, and, and you know, and they had some flaws in the system. I think particularly that the payment structure meant that they could they really plateaued in the leagues because they wouldn't every player had to be paid the same. It's quite almost like a a quite a sort of um, communist style setup in the, in that everybody was equal. Um, anybody could take a go. Everybody could take a go at doing the tannoy. Um, just put your name down and do it. Um, but they, they had some fantastic ideas. The way they approached the setup of the bars was fantastic because it was all fan led, and um, and and you know it was um, uh, it was a very very interesting experiment. And when you go and see something like that, you can see how it brings the community. You know how it, you get back to that sort of community focus that I think has been completely lost in the Premier League. It hasn't been completely lost further down the pyramid. You know, obviously, um, uh, Dean we had on before from Rochdale. Uh, you know, ourselves at Blackpool, you know, we're very, we're working with the community, you know, I know, to be fair, Liverpool, I, I know the spirit of Shankly do some great stuff with the community as well, but, you know, our, our us and the owners are very, very much still at Blackpool um, working on the same page. And, and you've got owners now, like we used to have, that are on the same page as you. And that's going to be, a, um, there's going to be a, a lot of soul searching, I think, in the coming weeks and coming months from any fan of one of these six clubs. Majority of the, the the teams within that top six or big six bracket, I can't stand saying either, um, but it is the aspect of none of them have the, the same related views. There's no unity. There's no unity within them. Take, take Leicester, for example, outside of that, they've built something that is tremendous. Again, off off the back of a miracle, don't get me wrong, but you still got to capitalise on that. They've lost their owner. They have a brilliant owner. They've invested well. They've used the the tools at their their uh, availability. They've invested that in new training facilities, and they're a pro- and they're sat in Champions League places because they've worked themselves up. And now we're sat here, and, and a lot of people are back them. You don't see many people that are Leicester fans outside of that, do you? No. But well, yeah, look, look at West Ham as well. I mean, we, we're not the biggest fan of West Ham's because their fans' behaviour in, yeah, the, in the playoff final. So imagine, you know, obviously they've they've won fuck all, haven't they? They've done nothing over the past oh. what thirty years, and they finally get to the they finally make it into the top four. Right? They may they may or may not, but imagine if they're saying right now, sorry, pulled up the drawbridge, get back down to where got, you were. They've got as much right to it as Spurs probably have, to be quite honest. But I yeah. think I think with the you're looking at the I think. Over history, I think the one thing that you can't underestimate is you can't mess with Liverpool and the culture and the solidarity in that city. That is a place where I truly believe if they would set up a Phoenix club, they would sell out any stadium because that's just the way that that city is. And I think you look at Man City; they've got Main Road playing in the in the lower leagues. They could they could go there. Ultimately, I think that it, it's. It's just like you say; it's a, a different entity completely. And if as soon as that happens in the in the local communities like Liverpool, like Manchester, these are big cities and these are quite historic cities that still stand by their their values that they've had throughout the time. And I just think that you're underestimating them. It, 
entirely these these people thinking that they they wouldn't be able to make it up the the pyramid themselves in in a decade. Say they started in the tenth year, ten years time, they're then in what the top top division of English football while this European Super League's going on like glorified glorified friendlies. It just seems there's no long term vision because ultimately these owners don't care about the long term vision because they'll be gone in 10, 15 years because they'll have made the money and they'll piss off. So that's where the, the divide is. Obviously, this isn't a club decision. It's it's an owner's decision because he's only there. He's a temporary custodian and he's taking that club as his temporary custodian, making all that money and then buggering off and then going, well, as soon as it starts to fall apart, they'll all leg it. As soon as but, the European Super League starts to well, fall I, apart, I, they'll I heard a, a, I heard a comment from a, um, a scouser on... The Money Light, is it the Money Light show? I don't know, it might have been 606. And he said, um, he said the, the power of the people is greater than the people in power. And I think that ties in from what you've just said, Sean. This was from a scouser, and he, he was relating that to the, the supporters of Liverpool. And you'd, you'd like to think that if the push did come to the shove, that they'd turn the back on it and they'd go off and do their own thing. And that, that's the only way out I can see, unless there's some legal way out of this. Yeah, gridlock I mean, grid the stadiums, you can do all sorts. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, we, of course we talked course. about this in Blackpool. I've got, the, you know, I've got the perfect solution. You can set up, set up a people's club and then you can play at Goodison when Everton go to the stadium at the dark. That's sorted. That's 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 fixed. Done. But It's Liverpool's original home as well. <laughs> is it? Is no, right? other way yeah. around. Other way around. Oh, the other way around. Everton, oh, Everton had Anfield first and then they, they opted and Liverpool took over. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with your your statement there. Definitely, like you, you would have the aspect of having them clubs around. As Sean said, I mean, there's many capacity uh, clubs within the UK. I mean, for example, we look at Newcastle's uh, re- um, related takeover not too long ago that was stopped through through unholy reasons due to the Premier League. But if they were in a situation, they, I mean, they are not in a great situation anyway. But they're still at the top and peak of Premier League aspect. They have a, a massive fan control that will, if if something was as drastic as they were in this situation, I think the aspects of uh, of Wolverhampton, uh, Newcastle, Leeds, Liverpool, and Manchester have that kind of city unity across their their particular clubs. And if they were to be threatened to an emotional detachment franchise that is actually worth nothing to them um, in any way, shape or form other than for the top dogs to make money, then they have. I don't respect any fan that stays there in any way, shape. I don't because you guys wouldn't and you support their, your club every day going to them because you actually go to the games. I made a joke on Twitter that, I mean, not that, you know, I wasn't particularly active. I just didn't go to games and wandered around, you know, compared to particularly Tim, the commitment that people put into the battle. But I made a joke on Twitter that we could offer workshops, you know, for about £50 an hour to all these supporters groups about how to cope with it. <laughs> how, to, how to protest, how to yeah. boycott. <laughs> well, I was I was joking to my mate. A mate is a Liverpool fan at work. And I was saying, well, you know, I should offer you counselling on, on, on when you reach that point where you can no longer morally, you, you can no longer reconcile what your what your club is doing or what the owners of your club are doing with the you know your desire to support them this is what it feels like and it was mm-hmm. it was quite odd because we we are one of the few sets of fans who've gone through that who've gone I'd say, through... we're, the, I'd say we're the only set of fans that yeah. have done it we're the only set of fans yeah. in this country that has done it 
Yeah, I mean, we took it to the nth degree, Wes. I mean, we wouldn't buy our away tickets from the ground because Blackpool got 50p commission. Um, we wouldn't buy any anything off anybody who was a sponsor at Blackpool, and, and effectively, that as a result, Blackpool lost all its sponsors. Do you remember? Yeah, we yeah we had that. Yeah, wasn't that Six stars. It was done by Lee, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Lee's idea, and then BST. Yeah, Lee Morton. Yeah, yeah. And then BST ran with it, and we ended up outselling the proper shirts, probably about ten to one. And it actually became almost like a figure of ridicule to wear the Blackpool home shirt because they became known as mushrooms. Time for a quick break in proceedings to say if you're enjoying this content and want to say thanks for the pods, please consider joining our Patreon support program. Starting from the price of a pint per month, Patreon allows you to contribute towards our production costs, gear upgrades and our drinks tab at the dog. Your support will ultimately make the show bigger, better and I like eating a tin of prunes more regular. You'll also get extra stuff in return like all the podcasts before general release, backstage access to us and our guests exclusive Patreon-only shows, and other random bits and pieces. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash Pod to find out more and hopefully sign up. And, it still and is now, the, isn't it? And we had this striped shirt, that um, uh, this pinstripe shirt that, that just was reviled by most of the fan base. The um, just, just simply because... You were buying off the. It was obvious you were buying off the club, and 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 it was it was a very um, very strange time when you look back at it now compared with the situation we have. But we went, we basically stood toe to toe for the owners for four years, and I think Liverpool, Man United, um, and the three London clubs, um, uh, 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 and City are all going to have to do this. They're going to have to battle for the for the soul of the clubs, and I think I'd like to think that the rest of English football will get behind them as well, but I just have a horrible feeling. Whatever we do, whatever happens, this is this is going through. Yeah, and, I think um, it's even though the, the just with the announcement alone, it has already started because as soon as that announcement came up and the 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 sole goal of what this was going to uh, go with and what it can expand to, you've already just washed away everything that that club stands for in in most areas. It doesn't stand for the people, doesn't stand for the fans that go there. It only stands for the fact that you want to do commercial revenue elsewhere across the world. It doesn't take into consideration the staff. It doesn't take into consideration the livelihoods and the history of what their dads, granddads, grandmothers have been through watching in that club. And essentially, with this statement, especially, as you've mentioned, with legacy fans, you are not, you're, not, you're not appropriate anymore. You're and a you legacy stand and be fucking legacy fan. That's a, it's the you have to be you have to be sit there and, and and take a leaf out of your book. And it may not be four years; it may be longer. Or you or you turn your back on on, on that, that aspect and, and and take a moral standpoint. It's, tell you got, what, it's as long as it takes, isn't it? As long as it takes. I tell you what, if you want to fund, uh, you know, if you want to fund this, just get some T-shirts with legacy fan in different colours. They would fly out, wouldn't yeah. they? If you want to fund this campaign, I'm logging off now. I'm making them. <laughs> <laughs> the new PPE. Yeah. <laughs> right. We've we've not really followed any of the notes, Tim, have we? Um, it's, I think it's we've just covered flowed. most of it as we've gone th- as we've gone through it. Um, it was good points, wasn't it? At the end, 
<laughs> um, I'll so... I mean, for me, what, that that thing at the end about good points, the key possible good point from this ties into everything we've talked about is, and it's not probably good for Wes and his club, but if we do lose the six, then we're going to see the Premier League TV rights deflated. If the Premier League TV rights are deflated, then one of the core problems of, of English football at the moment is it's beyond the cost of English people. We've seen, even at our level, we've seen Wigan having to cast far and wide to get an owner. We've seen you know, Bolton go through all sorts of um, ownership travails. We've seen clubs on markets for months and months and months, years at a time, because nobody wants to touch the game. At the top level, you know, you've seen Newcastle priced to a point where there's only a stake can basically buy them. And if we can devalue football, then you are more likely to A, if it's your bag, make fan ownership a financial prospect, and B, even if fan ownership's not your bag, to have sort of a more of a traditional custodian, such as we have been incredibly lucky to get, as in a bloke or a woman or whatever, that actually has a connection with the club, who actually supports and follows the club. You know, and what this brings home is how incredibly lucky we are to have him, because you know, it, it just talking to Wes makes you realise that these psychopaths that run the clubs that, at the top level have literally no connection. And that's not by accident. It's because the people who have got connection, there is nobody in Newcastle can afford Newcastle. You're not telling me that between the people in Newcastle, there's not somebody there who would like to own Newcastle, but nobody can afford it because the game has priced itself to a point where effectively... It can only be run by these sort of sociopathic, you know, huge capitalists on a scale beyond comprehend. Yeah, we can't comprehend how how they've made their money because it's just off the scale. They're not Jack Walker, whoever, who actually followed Blackburn and made a bit of money in the town and wanted to give back. They're not Dave Whelan. They are a different level of people. And I'm not romanticizing Dave Whelan and Jack Walker and whoever and you know, the old days. But that, that's that's my one bit of hope, is that if you deflate English football, then you might actually have some custodianship over, of it because people who want to be custodians might be able to afford to buy the, you know, buy the way into the game. It depends how immediate that impact is, though, because that would yeah. have to be watered through through so much because of the, the spending that goes on, the, the current structures of most clubs that actually don't make profit as it is. And if you're deflating the money from the top that trickles down, then if anything, the process for majority of clubs who are already in debt will take longer and longer and longer. And, and unfortunately, it becomes a... a a painstaking situation for every club within the uh, four tiers or below. And, and unless there is that, the investment in the, the clubs that it are, whether it is championship or whether it's uh, Premier League in, in the new state that it could be, unless there is investment there and that mean, maintains that, but without the, the marketing structure of the top six or big six, etc., it could be a very difficult scenario for, for many uh, fans, staff, players alike, to be honest. We're all just smirking at this comment. <laughs> <laughs> I bet none of these US businessmen has ever broke their leg in a cup final like Dave Whelan. He nearly killed me once. <laughs> Dave Whelan broke the league. What do you mean? I was once, right, because I, I, 
I lived in Wigan for part of my youth, and I was once riding my bike, had my lights on and everything, like a good cyclist, and a Bentley went past me about 90 miles an hour, and I had to dive off into a hedge. And when I got up, it was Whelan's Bentley, and he was on his way to... He used to own a place called Wrightington Country Club, which is just near one of the uh, Wigan junctions. So I've never, never <laughs> held truck with Dave Whelan. It sounds like might not have been just... here. Had, it, had he been about a yard to the right, he'd have got me. It sounds like a Frank, some, uh, scene from a Frank Spencer movie. Film. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you shaking your fist at him? As you, uh, I really uh, was, yeah. <laughs> really was. Where do we go from here then? Where, where, does, where does the game go from here? So let's say it happens. What then? Well, I courts, think it, that's where the, the courts are going to yeah. play a big role in this, uh, and I think also I, I think the Germans will stay out of it because of the, because of the rule of um, fifty one. Um, I just don't see their fans um, carrying this over the line for either either of Bayern or, or Dortmund to go and join. I'll, I'll probably go over to Dortmund, stay there for a bit. To be honest, <laughs> I think <laughs> that went quite a bit. I went quite a bit during the boycott was, years. When I was there, um, to be honest, as much as I'm kind of being a hypocrite in the aspect of people going to a clubs outside of the domestic league and going to understand what that culture is like, but I was there for for that aspect, and it does just seem more unified. And I, I, and that you just get that by walking in the stadium. You might not even know about the fifty plus one. You just understand the fact that they're valued. It's it's a very strange experience, and of course. To understand that they're maintaining that. I mean, as Sean said at the beginning of all of this, I'm very surprised at PSG's standpoint in all this. I'm very surprised at that. But I mean, I'm 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 happily surprised that they're taking that kind of moral high ground. And again, with with Germany, I hope that that is the case. Maybe they're just playing hard to get. Well, possibly. <laughs> like, I think it's because they're so close to a Champions League. They're like, we don't want to piss anyone off right now. Let's just <laughs> obtain this, and then we'll join you guys later. Does that sound all right? Yeah. <laughs> well, City were the last English club to go in, weren't they, as well, which I wonder if that was for similar reasons. Because I thought City would have been all in with it, but they were actually the last ones and the most reluctant, apparently, because they're in the semis, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, again, going back to well, going back to the other news, I don't want to make this too much top uh, top tier orientated, but I mean, the the sacking of Jose Mourinho. Yeah. I mean, the, the rumor yeah. of obviously that being as something to do with the Super League, but again, reports are coming out saying that that isn't the case. I would like to say that is a cover up. I don't think I posted a tweet earlier today that was. So you've got a guy in to solely win your silver uh, due to his pedigree and his interna- and his uh, international experience of winning titles. Uh, you've got to the final of your very first trophy beside the Champions League um, in domestic football for for quite some time. You've got not not the best chance to win. It's not been not been plain sailing. But then you sack him six days before. So well well done. Most Spurs sounding thing I could ever. I ever hear, I think. For what I heard, I think the two the two clubs are leading this. And if we go back to the uh, was the big picture, was it that was the the bit that they were mentioning beforehand, where United and Liverpool were threatening to leave the EPL and join the EFL? Um, uh, it, it's that these are the these are the two clubs leading it, aren't they? The two, the two American owned franchise fans. They are I shouldn't, I shouldn't definitely in this beer, really. American uh, pale ale. Uh, <laughs> you have to boycott it, John. Not, 
<laughs> not not an IPA I'll, I'll balance it out with some Rhinebacker, some nice some nice fifty plus one lager. Sorry, Tim. Anyway, sorry. No, wait, no literally, I think I think United <laughs> and Liverpool are very much the protagonists here. Um, I get the impression that some of the other clubs have perhaps um, come in on the coattails because they don't want to be left behind. Um, because you know it's like even in Italy, you look at ACs going in it, but Inter aren't, and you know you've got Roma and all these other other great great clubs and um, Lazio, Fiorentina. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, we can't act like we're surprised in regards to that though. Like it would be naive of us to think that the, we've, we've invited the richest guys in and, and understand that they've they've built a brand, they've got us here, they've brought us success, and now the going to try and cash in i mean they, it, in a business sense of view if this wasn't a football club where people actually gave a shit and the fans that were suffering and we're the assets and so were the players and the staff etc and this was a, a well-oiled business you'd be doing the same thing yeah and I'm not trying to justify it in any way, shape, or form, but that's unfortunately how they view it because, yeah, from, said, from, from a purely business disconnected, from, yeah, from a brief, pure business from point of view, life, right? Never mind football, yeah, yeah. But it's also from their standpoint is that football is a game with, um, you know, regulation and rules, and there's, there's a, you know, you can see in, in, um, <laughs> you can see in, <laughs> it the, will be a patch on the Anglo Italian Cup. You can see him him saying, you know, well, can we do this? Oh, no, no, it's against the regulations. You can just see the thinking of, okay, well, let's make our own – well, why don't we make our own rules? Let's make our own competition, you know. These are not people that are used to playing by regulations, are they? They're used to people that are essentially used to crushing the competition, buying out the competition and dominating. So let's, you know, let's make... You've nailed it on the head. Yeah, they've nailed it on the head. They've decided you're taking too much money out of our pockets that we probably think we can make more of. So let's get rid of that. No no risks to any of the clubs in, uh, in question, just... Invite the world in, let them spend the money, we'll take it. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt, we're out. And you fans are the collateral damage. Aren't you? Yeah. The fans of those teams are the collateral damage. So now. are the players, so are the staff. Well, yeah. they are, but isn't it interesting that you were saying, and you know, whether serious or whether ingested, don't know, you were saying, I, I fancy going to Dortmund now. And doesn't that show something here that I think this is really interesting? You know, we can be as idealistic as we like, but essentially we live in a market society. And what we've got on what we've got on the plate is going to be basically plastic football. And isn't it really interesting how popular German football is and how we ideal a lot of people idealize German football? Isn't it really interesting how like Possibly, we're going to see plastic football versus genuine football. If these six club six clubs go, the best possible thing the Premier League, the Football League, the rest of the English league could do is 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 start to get its head round how to market itself as a genuine product. You know, as and and as atmosphere. I don't buy this thing that kids today completely that kids today only want to watch players and they only see it as a computer game and so on. I don't entirely buy that. If you look at the North Stand at Blackpool, it's full of you know, not little kids, but it's full of people, yes. 16, yeah. 17, 18, 19. My lad doesn't care about football on the telly. He loves going to the game because it's buzzing, because it's it's loud, because people swear, because it's it's got something you don't get. They have the realistic aspect, though, of their their 
their family members taking them. You're mm. not considering anyone else outside of the the aspects of not having either a footballing major family or them being based outside of a local club. Well, that that also comes back to the fact that the Premier League clubs have deliberately priced kids out of there. The, the average age of the Stretford end in 1989 was a Thing. It was certainly under 16. It was a you know, 15 and you know, there were lots of kids used to go to football on their own. You didn't need to be taken. You'd go on your own because it was, you know, three or four quid to get in. Now you can't. The game has it's priced itself it's too out. Too expensive. Of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and if English football wanted to fight against this genuinely, to put up a fight and to to survive against this, if it could look at the German model, which we we sort of fetishized to a certain extent it's it's kind of um, uh, you know it's, it's tim it's, does well <laughs> it is it's a joke isn't it i don't i don't mean it's to kind of like it's the football hipster thing to do isn't it to to love german football and and it's brilliant i'd, I'd love to go i've never had the chance but we if 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 the big money's gone well we've got to do something and what 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 else are we going to do other than try and create an actual culture and get people in? And again, I'm not trying to wind up a Liverpool fan, but you've got Liverpool who've got the least number of supporters within their own postcode of any Premier League club, I think I'm right in saying. And just down the road, you've got Everton that have the highest number of supporters from within their own postcode. You know, it, it, there isn't just one way to run these clubs. Everton, I think I'm also right in saying, have got the youngest set of supporters in the Premier League. And I think I'm right in saying that Liverpool have either got the the oldest or second oldest set of supporters within the Premier League or season ticket holders within the Premier League. The season ticket model, that's why kids don't go. Because you've got to have a bloody season ticket to get in the Premier League, you know? Just I've say, got a mate who lives in Liverpool. Pocket money, a lot of washes of dishes, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of simple things we could do instead of going, oh, the TV money, the TV money. There's a lot of simple things we could do in the long to medium term instead of decrying what the billionaires do. And I, I, you know, I agree that I'm probably being idealistic, but the game ain't dead. People keep saying the game's gone. It's not. It hasn't gone. The game's there. You don't have to look fans of the top six. You don't have to look for the league, don't you? See, hasn't it's not dead. It's not dead in Division One. It's not dead in Division Two. And 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 after in the Championship, I think you know we just we spoke about the reset. That's what we need. And and I think Liverpool fans and Man United fans and City fans will all actually enjoy it more if if they're actually going to watch the teams that the their dads watched 30, 40 years ago where they're actually there stood with the mates and having a beer with the mates and not being sold some fancy food and £10 drinks and, and, all, and all the crap that comes with it. It's, it goes it's, back to it being a working man's club, which it's not been for 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Because it, 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 I, one, one moment that did hit me, and I, I know this is going to sound strange, but I was, in, I was just in one of the Liverpool shops get, getting, getting a top, and I, imagine, I remember coming up, to the 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 section of course where you where you, where you complete the purchase and I saw branded water. <laughs> now was at the point where I was there like, how, how branded water and branded chocolate for for a football club? It makes absolutely no sense uh, in any way, shape, or form other than the aspect of people trying to line their pockets An higher and higher. Official coconut and water supplier. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Awkward dairy so milk in the pop shop. Real I was going to say the dairy milk's in the pop shop. I saw it. Awkward for a dairy milk with pop shop. See written on it. I said to my lad, he, he, we were in the club <laughs> shop and went, so I, I thought I'd shut him up and get some chocolate. He went, Dad, it's a rip-off. I don't want that. <laughs> I think it, it comes back down to it. The minute that the TV money, everyone obviously, like, there's this obsession with having to compete for TV money and having to having to secure that in order to make your club sufficient on its own. And the minute that that goes away, when it comes to the fact that the, the big teams are going away, then you're forced into self-sufficiency. There's no there's no ifs, no buts about it. We talk about the idealism of every club being self-sufficient, but ultimately, if you're not self-sufficient after this, say this happens, then you're going bust. You look at like West Ham under their ownership, in, and then they lose this big chunk of money. If they're not self-sufficient, they go bust. The owner will probably just throw the club to the wayside the minute that the money goes away. But then the next custodians are going to be forced to make these small, like Matt was saying, it's these small little things that you can do. There's so many little things on a local level you can do to create revenue for the club. And that's all about having to be forced to do it. Ultimately, owners won't do it unless they're forced to do it. But it will almost create an environment where they have to do that. Otherwise, the club's not going to succeed. And that's where the game will be infinitely better, in my eyes, if this goes through and this happens for the vast majority of clubs in the country because their clubs are going to be forced to look in-house, restructure everything and go, how are we going to make this club work now in the longer term? And it's going to be the fans that actually go to the games that are going to be the prime market for that or the fans that are watching on iFollow or what have you. Ultimately, I think it'll be a case that if, if this does happen, I think the Premier League and the EFL potentially would merge into into uh, one sort of divisional structure again. But yeah, it's just about those local solutions that you. But it's again, it's a case of you're forced into it. You have to be forced into it to do it, and this will force that through. And, and with on. such a great owner as Simon Sadler, we've probably got a good chance of winning it. Winning it, so bring it on, bring yeah. it on. Good old Super League, good old Americans. <laughs> but joking aside, Blackpool would be quite well placed in this day after the day of reckoning. We've got such a good owner. Well, it's, you, it's, you've, already, you've already laid the blueprint out, essentially, for most uh, to follow. And uh, I, I just, unfortunately, I just feel like the optimistic view of that being the place and a lot of them being forced into that aspect is just... It's not, we're not considering the fact that majority of them clubs that are still up in the Premier League still have multi-million pound, billion pound owners. They're just not putting the money into the club. It doesn't necessarily mean that the fact that they're, they're, they'll be forced out in any way, shape, or form to be custodian. But what, what's, just be a there, smaller what's investment. there for them? If there's no Champions League, if there's no £150 million prize at the end of it, if, the, if, the, if, if all that's devalued, what is there for those? It's that dream, isn't it? It's that big dream. That for someone who, who you, it depends what that asset is then worth. But whoever is going to be able to afford that asset, as say Leicester, Newcastle, etc., He's still going to be someone that is a multi-millionaire, not necessarily anyone that's affiliated with the club. You just you're just giving it someone who's got a little bit less money with the same idea set. Unfortunately, unless it is uh, with a, a for example a fan-owned uh, society that have then put the money together to then participate that into the club and to achieve the club as a whole. Then then you're in a you're in a great position to go ahead. And you guys, as you rightly said. I've got ridiculously lucky, but not in any way, shape, or form because you probably made that look for fighting so long. So 
the step in the right direction would probably be, yeah, they get sold off once the, 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 the money's not there, but it depends on whether the outside viewers that are the target audience for the Super League, do they see emotional investment as something that they're, could they could be interested in? Because I'd rather be emotionally invested in Burnley than interested in a soulless Liverpool. I don't know about that one. That's probably too far, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) We've already nearly got a tangerine shirt. Come on, you might as well well just come over. Okay, we're we're at 10 to 11 now, so let's just go around the room before we... I mean, we could be here all night, couldn't we, talking? So let's go around the room individually and let's give our opinions and of where you think this is going to go and where you want it to go. So, Tim, let's start with you. Yeah, well, I th- I think there's a there's a commitment here from these twelve to to do what they're going to do, come what may, um, and and those that are those that they persuade to go with them. Um, so I think it is going to happen. Um, I think we're going to end up with a lot of litigation. Uh, somebody asked before where that where that might be. It's the competition courts, effectively. Um, the competition law will ultimately dictate whether. Um, uh, where the sanctions can be applied, I think government's got to step in, and I think um, what can the uh, government do, Tim? The government, the government can legislate on it, and, um, and well, like and, regulate the industry, like they yeah. regulate the water and the utilities and the yeah, what have and, you. and effectively say in order to you know, they, I mean, how they would go about doing it, I don't think they would probably even thought themselves. But um, I was quite impressed with Oliver Dowd and um, this this afternoon actually when I heard him speak and. Um, uh, I think there is a uh, there's a massive um, uh, the swell of opinion against against what these people are trying to do to our our heritage. Then it's part of the English it heritage. It's part of every European and um, uh, well, never mind European. It's a the world heritage, and they're trying to rip it away from us for for monetary for monetary gains. So I think they're going to go, and I'd like to think that the uh, UEFA and uh, and the national organisations are going to stand toe to toe. And and kick them all out. Now that's not obviously not going to help Wes and, and people who, who support teams like that. But I, I generally think that that's what they've got to do. They've got to say no, you're not doing this because you can't have these teams. They're, they're going to have like about three or four times the amount of money if any as anybody else in the divisions. The divisions aren't going to be competitive anyway with them in because at the moment they get about hundred million pounds if they if they win the um, Premier League. They're going to be guaranteed three hundred and fifty million pounds a season just from this competition. Never mind what they get elsewhere. I mean, it's just going to completely distort the game. So even they've got to go. Is even more so, yeah. Well, yeah, even more than so. it is already. But yeah. They've got to, um, for, for me, and it, you know, I don't, I don't say this lightly, they've got to go and 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 they've got to be kicked out of every single league. I've got to stand to so kick them out and uh, and kick them out sooner rather than later and, and say we're not having it and, and then, then see what the fans do. Because I tell you what, I know if I Liverpool fans... That they won't take it lightly. Someone put in the comments, they'll burn the ground down. And it's, it's not beyond the realms of possibilities. It's massive civil unrest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's huge. Um, just, the game's, ne- the game's never going to be the same after this. Bed, shall I? It's like a mate, sorry. I'll just get the C4s that I've got stashed out there. <laughs> just get them straight to one, shall I? <laughs> right, Matt, over to you. What do you think is going to happen and where do you think this is all going to end up? And where, where do you want to... Where do you want to see it going? Well, Tim nicked what I was going to say when he made the point about the money. I just made a note and he nicked me last point, which was um, 
you know, there is no way that we can sustain, there's no way we can look at our own league and call it competitive or call it sporting if we allow these teams to stay. Um, and if if the FA or UEFA don't deal with it, then, you know, the clubs, are, it's, it's the death of sport if you've got, uh, you know, 350 million plus. Um, I, what else do I want to see? Um, I think most of all, I want to see the veil come off of football, if that if that makes sense. I think that there's a lot in this proposal that is an extreme view of what happens anyway. I have long held the view that the way the finances are structured in football is essentially um, a cartel or a cabal, I'm not sure which is the right word, that you know the big clubs have set it up to keep themselves rich, that the clubs that get the Champions League money then do well domestically, so they do get the domestic prize money, so they get back in the Champions League. Then it's actually quite hard to be unsuccessful. It's it's almost impossible to imagine any, you know, we're, we're all going, oh, look at Arsenal, they're ninth. They're fucking ninth. That's not a bad season. They're ninth in the top division. And and what, what we're seeing here is an extended version of what already is there. And I think what I would like to see most of all is for all that to just end up going up in smoke. Because if the if the if the Super League takes the money away from the Premier League, then the Premier League can't be what it has become. And then I think what Sean said, we go back to a position where we might have an overall governing body for the English game. Why the hell we've had two governing bodies for the last 30 years, mm. I will never, ever understand. People can say, oh, it's business. I'll never understand we've had two governing bodies. I've, I've gone on, but I think that that's, that's my answer. Sean, over to you. Where do you think this is all going to end up? Where do you want it to end up? How do you want it to end up? Well, I want it to end up, obviously, similar to Matt. They can go and then it could be an absolute car crash and, and then we're sort of sat there laughing, really, in the in the background because it's. I always thought that the reset for English football would be IPTV becoming more of a, a bigger thing and obviously the, the first time ever that the TV deal has gone down in value and I always thought that the Premier League, that was the way it was going to go and that was how it was going to end and I was sort of biding my time for that to be the case. But then obviously we're looking now and if this is going to be the way it has to happen, then it, it has to happen and it's been needed for a long, long time now. And we're thinking about what could happen off the back of it and what I would like to happen off the back of it is, as as I said before, merging of, of the EFL and the Premier League into, into an English football regulator, having an independent regulator as obviously BST have campaigned for for so long. Um, and that enforcement of self-sufficiency, it's it's... I just feel like there needs to be some sort of ruling where it, it's a it's that perfect moment because this is so outlandish what's happened to be outlandish the opposite way and be really forceful with how you're regulating football and making it a thing perhaps that you can only when you're self sufficient it has to be at the level that you're investing at that's the only level you can best back in or take out of a club or you can only use certain amounts of money for marketing wise and if you are marketing the league for what it is. Obviously, we talk. You see, Sky Market the Championship is this like perfect division of like anyone can beat anyone, blah blah blah. But if you want to market it, then I mean, we need to market it at where the core parts of the game are, and that's where I think the difference will be is where they're forced to look at the proper market of where football originally came and originally started, 
And the minute that these owners are forced to look in that direction is when football changes forever. And in a perfectly selfish viewpoint, if six teams go, then we're going to get automatically promoted to the championship. And then we're going to be laughing to the bank because we've got one of the best, I think we've got the best owner in the English Football League and it's going to prove that way in the next five, 10 years. So as far as I'm concerned, completely selfish view, go ahead because it's been well overdue. Where's over to you? Where, where do you think this is going to end up for Liverpool? Where do you want it to go? Um, honestly, I can take points from each three of you um, so far, given the fact that, yes, the English Football League would be better with a revamp and making sure that the logistics are in place to... Oh, sorry, regulations are in place for them to invest only a certain amount of from what they've earned from the previous year, et cetera, et cetera, because that would make a sustainable system for majority of clubs. And then, of course, selling assets between them creates uh, the better view. But I think taking from Tim's point of view, I think the government, if anything, we know about them, unfortunately, they like money more than we do. And given the fact that football is such a massive industry for not only the economies, businesses around, but for England as general, uh, because it is supposed to be the best league in the world, that they have got no choice than to put it in this kind of system and to go to a unified league or at least put in the legislations in place. For Liverpool in particular, if they're willing to go ahead with it, um, and the owners are, are to be able to do so, then unfortunately it is dead for anyone who has got an emotional support there because that isn't what football's about from no matter what tier you are in. Um, so personally, I would like to see the, the government get, in, get, in, uh, get involved heavily and unify with as many bodies as possible to create a governing body, whether it goes away, goes away, uh, goes ahead or not, because I feel like the opportunity is there to create the statement anyway, because the intent has been there. Um, again, these were only supposed to be letters of intent, not necessarily the actual uh, full-blown equation, but we've liked it's indifferent. So I feel like the, the government and other qualifying bodies need to be able to take this as an opportune moment to be able to uh, regulate the the businesses that they are supposed to be, um, well, how the businesses are ran um, and back to being football clubs. Right, okay. I think we'll we'll leave it there then. I think we could be here all night, gentlemen. So, Wes, thanks ever so much for coming on. Um, you've, been, you've been great and we really hope this gets out sorted out just for... My heart really goes out to all these Liverpool fans, United fans. I mean, they're in a they're in a real shit situation, and it's no it's no fault of their own. And as usual, it's the fans that are getting so stiffed. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, gents. So, um, thanks for coming on, everybody. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Um, we'll be back on the uh, Seasides podcast tomorrow. We've got the massive uh, event of uh, Blackpool versus Rochdale, which is. Uh, Ever so slightly smaller than uh, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Uh, not to you guys, it's not. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on, Matt. You've been great as a uh, great again. Yeah, mate. Thank you. Okay, right. Cheers, Sean. You're not yeah, a credit no journalist for nothing. Great points <laughs> as ever. Cheers. I'm sure the complete right. opposite will happen. <laughs> Don't make any predictions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, thanks everyone in the comments. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'll put the audio podcast for this out tomorrow. 
And um, yeah, we'll catch you tomorrow. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks and, for um, me, boys. Up the pool, up the, up the pool twice, up the Liverpool. Up the pool. <laughs> up the pools. So just before you head off, I'd just like to bring your attention to a Patreon supporter programme that we are running. This enables you to just contribute a small monthly amount to help support our show and support our content. So head over to patreon.com forward slash seasiderspod. You'll find details of how to sign up. It's about £3.50 per month, price of a pint. And for that, you get a few other bits in return, which is access to our private members whatsapp group you'll get some exclusive podcasts competitions so we generally run match pass draws for our patrons and just other random bits and pieces as they come in and we are going to be running an extra time podcast which is going to be an exclusive podcast just for patrons so if you want to sign up patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod it'd be great to have you on board thanks for listening Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.